There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Big Chris Recording in progress. And a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's great to be back with you again for yet another week uh, with another fantastic guest. We've got Ben Wolf today. I'm very excited about talking to him. Uh, and um, I just hope wherever you are in the world right now that you are um, you are thinking about uh, in your world and your impact on it and how you can step up and contribute to a better world right now. You know, I do believe that we need to uh, connect with other people. Uh, we need to not listen to this rhetoric, which is uh, dividing us right now, uh, and allow ourselves to to you know work and embrace and uh, care and support other people uh, through our work uh, and contribute to a better world because it uh, it needs us to uh, stop this uh, this crazy divisiveness which is uh, which is happening. Uh, in various um, various places. So this show is really all about doing business in a good way. It's about uh, learning from people who are who are you know at the top of their the top of their um, you know levels in terms of uh, in terms of understanding their subjects. You know, thought leaders, entrepreneurs. But we have all sorts of different guests on this show as well. People who can inspire us to step up and be better human beings and better business people. Uh, and I'm just noticing today, I think we're, we're the 548th episode, so we've had a few of these um, uh, up until this point. Um, so if you're not listening to the, to the show before, a big, big welcome. Um, but if you um, if you do listen to the show regularly, uh, which I know many of you do, uh, thank you. You're very much appreciated. And I do love to hear from you as well. So if you ever want to drop me a note, let me know what you think of shows, any suggestions, ideas, um, always welcome. We've even had people contact me before and actually end up on the show. So uh, uh, do bear that in mind. So we're going to talk about fractional leadership. But before we do that, I'd like to say a big uh, thank you, um, a big thank you um, to uh, to um, my guest last week, uh, to Molly Beddingfield. Uh, Molly was uh, was fantastic. We had a really a really engaging conversation. Uh, Molly um, created a charity called Global Angels. It's um, really empowering disadvantaged communities. Um, they've got a really transformative project going on in, in Kenya at the moment, finding a blueprint of a kind of model um, charitable uh, village, a sustainable uh, village with all sorts of experts and entrepreneurs involved. Um, but we learned about Molly's um, journey, uh, a journey where um, she you know, grew up in a nurturing environment, um, but um, had some personal challenges, but some acts, an act of encouragement influenced her to become a change maker. And uh, what she decided to do at one stage was to homeschool her, her children. And she did it pretty well because uh, she had four children, um, uh, including Daniel and Natasha Beddingfield, who um, some of you may know. I think Natasha's something like number six, I believe, or certainly was last week in the US charts. They're, uh, they're, they're singers and they have a, um, a child with uh, an Emmy, Emmy award winning, I believe. Um, so they've been, they're really talented. 
Um, so it's, it's fascinating talking to someone who's brought up um, children like that, who've gone on to achieve um, considerable success. Um, but if you have a think about, if you listen to that story and have a think about how could you step up, you know, in whatever field you're you're in, uh, we learned about inviting volunteers and, and working with organisations to uh, fund uh, charitable businesses. We we talked about um, a mutual connection or we, we know of Bear Grylls who um, who, who, who donated a million dollars to the charity and set it up in a, an amazing launch in Times Square. So if you're interested in finding out um, more about Global Angels and Molly, do go and take a listen to that show. So let's um, focus in now on fractional leadership and landing executive talent. Um, my guest, Ben Wolf, is the trailblazing founder of Wolf's Edge, Edge Integrators, uh, which is the world's premier fractional COO firm. We're going to find out more about what it means shortly. Um, and uh, what Ben tried to tackle was a common but daunting challenge that's faced by numerous entrepreneurs and businesses, and that's around human capital. Uh, it's around scaling the, a business when you can't afford really to, to employ uh, people full time, certainly senior people like uh, chief operating officers. Um, so Ben's journey um, was one himself where he he went through this um, entrepreneurial journey and I think saw this need in his own business. Um, and he's written uh, various books, including the best-selling Fractional Leadership, Landing Executive Talent, um, sorry, Executive Talent um, he thought was out of reach. Sorry about that. Um, providing a deep dive into the essence of fractional executive leadership and its implementation and its benefits. So um, let's uh, let's find out what all this is about and let's have a think about how maybe this is relevant to us. Maybe fractional leadership and finding resources who can help us. Uh, maybe Ben's somebody who can uh, help us with some wisdom because talent right now and finding the right talent can be really challenging. So a big welcome to my guest today, to Ben Wolf. Thank you, Chris. I truly appreciate it. I mean, you talk about elevating talent or people elevating their mission. People usually have some mission that's greater than just profit and making money that is motivating whatever business they have, whatever entrepreneurial journey they're on. So if you know if people can spend more time on the stuff that's higher impact and bring in the right people to you know elevate and grow their business, make it more effective, then they're able to elevate their energy to uh to you know to whatever makes the biggest impact on the world of why they founded their business so yeah it's a good topic i, I think it's, it's it's interesting you 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 say that because i think i'd be interested in your view on this too is that we what we hear about in the media and we hear about those people who maybe don't play the game well and and maybe aren't always purpose-driven we hear a lot about those and, and we can start to think that the world that that's the majority of people out there aren't good aren't aren't mission driven aren't kind but actually that's just not true it's just that that's where attention goes uh, i think from uh, from the media to those individuals so you know um, social media it is and social media but I, I i believe that the majority of people vast majority of people are good and kind and want to get on with their neighbors and their friends and do business in a good way what's your what's your thought well, in the in the worlds that I move in, in the entrepreneurial space, small and mid-sized business owners and founders and even family businesses, most people, yeah, they're I think most people are coming from an abundance mindset. They're trying to create value, create wealth. They live in that abundance mindset, which to me means that 
They they know that whatever value they're bringing to other people through their business or whatever product or service or value they're bringing, they're creating wealth. They're making the size of the pie bigger. That's able to support more people, create more people, more 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 wealth, more prosperity, more good things in the world than existed yesterday. I think most of the business owners and founders I know they're they're creating. You know, they're not just taking market share. They're creating, they're creating new market share. They're creating new businesses, new services. They're just increasing the size of the pie with with each person. Yeah, I I I, I always remember when I was starting out at my first graduate job, and I've people may have heard me share this before, but uh, a, a very senior person in the motor industry I was working for came over to my desk and said to me, Chris, you just started your career this week, and I'm finishing mine. Can I share something with you that I think might be valuable? And I said, yeah. And he said, Chris, people are everything. And then he walked off and left me with that for about 30 years now, I think. Um, Three words. It, but they're, they're wise words, aren't they? I mean, they're not. it's not everything. We've got planet and other things, other species and things to manage. But actually, that's what business is about, surely, people. Yeah, 100%. Ultimately. So tell, let's, let's go back. Tell us a little bit about where you live and where you work and... Uh, I know, I know it's New York, but uh, tell, us yeah. little, tell us a bit about well, me, most like in New York at the moment. Well, originally grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, you know, in the south of the United States, and uh, uh, went to college in New York. Met my wife before I graduated. We got married before I graduated college, and uh, she was living in New York at the time, so we were living in New York. That's how it goes. And uh, we lived in New York most of the time, except for a three-year stint in Des Moines, Iowa. And, uh, you know, but it's it's been a very winding journey, and we could talk more about that. It was definitely not a straight line or a pre-planned journey. And, uh, but New York, now you asked about, is it's an interesting place. I mean, look, most of the time, things are normal, and, you know, life is regular, um, but it, you know, it is, it is somewhat of a scary time in New York. Now we've got, you know, you know, sometimes violent protests in the last couple of months in, uh, in, uh, New York city, we had, a uh, you know, in, in the neighborhood right next to mine, uh, I think earlier this week, there was a, somebody like stole an Israeli flag from someone's house and then assaulted the owner of the house right. and was arrested. Uh, my wife was in Manhattan earlier this week seen a Broadway show and got locked in a Starbucks for about half an hour because there was a very rowdy anti-Israel protest passing by. And just to remain safe, they locked themselves in the Starbucks. People were banging on the windows and, and being aggressive um, just for whoever happened to be in Starbucks. The Starbucks gave them like $5 gift cards, you know, just to like, whatever, just do something nice. But it's, uh, you know, and that was my wife earlier this week. Like, so these, you know, there are some scary things that are happening, but most of the time things are normal. Yeah. I mean, pe we, people, I think, have to realize that there are, you know, there are some leaders around this world that um, shake things up. Uh, and actually, if you're, if you're falling for this and think that this kind of behavior is appropriate, um, you're being manipulated. Um, you're not in control of your own thinking. Um, you know, it, it, it appalls me when I, I you know, hear of behavior like that. And it saddens me that people allow their subconscious minds to be influenced by 
this this crazy kind of rhetoric because uh, you are not living in Israel at the moment, um, and you you have nothing to do with it whatsoever. You're we're you're in New nice, York. We're in, nice, yeah, <laughs> in Long yeah, Island. Uh, you know. yeah, yeah. That's right. You're nice, kind people who are contributing to society, um, as hopefully most people are. Um, so yeah, we've got to be really, really careful right now to not be taking sides and realizing that there's good everywhere. There's good. There's good every place I've been yeah. around. I think, you know what, if you're not living on social media, you're just, you know, treating other people around you well, you know, trying to, again, if you're in the business world, entrepreneurial world, add value for other people, add value for customers, your clients, your employees, uh, or your employer, I mean, just adding value for everybody around you, uh, then I think there's a lot more positivity in real life than there is on social media. Absolutely. Yeah. I think if you go... I'd encourage people to approach others with uh, with love in their hearts and kindness, and and start from that place. Um, uh, I think that would be my. But it's, it, it, uh, we've had some some of that over in the United Kingdom as well. It's um, where you know, economically things here are quite challenging for people, um, and very challenging. And um, you know the the mood isn't always great, but but you uh, yeah you've only seen snippets of it, but. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a challenging time. Uh, the, yeah, the mood in New York then um, is uh, is a little is unsettled in in certain ways. I mean, what was your on was, and off? No, it's not like yeah. all the time like that. All the time, no, <laughs> no. You, you see bits of it. I mean, I suppose I, I people talk about crime, but I've been through life and I've seen very little crime. Um, depends where you live, doesn't it? But yeah. it's it's not happening all the time, and uh, the narrative there's a lot of good happening too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what was um when you what was life like growing up for you, and what inspired you? Think what was the moment that you you decided to become the person you are today? Um, was it was there somebody who impacted you at a young age? And <laughs> I I don't even know I don't even know how to answer that question. Like I said before, it's it's such a winding journey that you know uh, that. You know, I I I went to college. Uh, well, before even college, I went from growing up as a reformed Jewish kid in Nashville, going to a Catholic school for four years of high school, right. and you know, then went to a Jewish university and majored in psychology, and then worked as a rabbi for a few years, and went into industrial real estate brokerage. And went to law school at night, worked full-time during the day in the law and other things. Spent five years in corporate bankruptcy as an attorney at a big firm in Manhattan. Then, you know, joined, this is where my entrepreneurial part portion of my journey started. At uh, Started when I was 40 at, uh, at a healthcare startup, very mission-driven, very, very technology-focused, and really learned, joined that company as a building most of its operations, really building most of the business together with the founder, pre-revenue, no money. At the beginning, I was the first full-time person, built most of the business operations. And then I mean, by the time I left, we we're over 130 people, over 100 million gross revenue at the time. So just learned a huge amount just by doing and figuring out and experimenting and building uh, this thing in real life, just sort of like real life experimentation and learning. Uh, And then now, you know, and then subsequently started doing fractional COO individually and then built it into a firm 
wrote this book on on fractional leadership. You know, if uh, the skills that I would have, I mean, there's no like there's no curriculum like you know, oh, you have to become a lawyer. You know, if you want this career, then you need to become a lawyer, and then you know, and then be a rabbi, write a book, and then like you know, find a startup that's willing to hire you. Like, there's no path. You know, it's it, I think everybody you know you look at the you look at your own skills, your own interests, your own desires, what makes sense where you can add value and is going to feel fulfilling and make a decent living. And, you know, just kind of follow that. And one thing leads to the next. And then I just, I guess I just believe Providence just takes you. There's really no moment. I mean, I think top Providence takes you where it's going to take you. And you sort of like got to trust that there's a higher power. And because otherwise it all just seems, I mean, it all just seems random. Yeah. So, so, so it sounds like, you, you, you know, some people like to think they've got their career, a career organized and a path sorted out, but actually yeah. <laughs> sometimes you just have to go with the, the, the flow, don't you? And, and yeah. learn on the journey and uh, see where it takes you. Um, yeah. So did your, did your, did your family having put you through law school and, uh, and you go into banking, I said today, when, when you started doing something more entrepreneurial, did, did they feel okay with that? Or was that a, was that a bit of a shock thinking, well, we've, we've gone, we've invested all of this and he's big well, it's, boy, I and mean, you know, imagining you going up and in, in the, in the, in the, funny. Uh, the, I mean, I didn't even go to law school till eight years after college. I mean, I had uh, a couple of careers in between <laughs> and got some loans, work full time during the day, went to law school at night. I mean, I was, uh, you know, top 5% of the law school, law review and all these things, if you know what those are. And, uh, but I was doing that at night, like, you know, I worked full time during the day, had a family, kids at the time and my family, my wife, parents, I, every stage of the way, you know, like, uh, like that woman you mentioned, uh, from the interview last week, I'm blessed to have a very supportive family, right. you know, the, my parents who, you know, whatever, whatever's going to fulfill me, like whatever I want to do, they were always, they were always supportive of and uh so got a got a beautiful family everybody's very supportive but there's a lot of fear though i mean you're starting a new venture like when i went out on my own and i i left having a job and went to be a you know start as a solo fractional coo that was that was scary like any entrepreneur like you go out you take that you know you cross that risk horizon that risk border boundary between the entrepreneurial world and the employed world. Yeah. And uh, there's nobody that's taking responsibility for my payroll anymore other than me. Yeah. And uh, so it was definitely very, very scary. And I learned a lot from that process of, you know, of, of, of building first a solopreneurship and then, and then turning that into a, a real business and a firm. But it was, uh, it was very scary at the beginning. Right. My wife was very supportive, but you know, obviously we can't say it wasn't scary. <laughs> you certainly appreciate uh, you certainly appreciate your money more don't you You don't take it for granted do you i, was, I, mem I remember 17 18 years ago when i first went out properly on, on my own um just how thrilled i was with the first check <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and also when you're on your own it's you know it's a you, you keep almost 100 of it right there's no there's no big overhead or whatever so it's yeah. uh <laughs> so it's you know it's it, it makes a big impact Definitely. So tell us, tell us. Um, I know you use this phrase in your book, but what the heck is fractional? What the, what is what is? Um, are we talking about what is um, fractional COO? Fractional um, leadership. Fractional leadership. COO. Yeah. What so is that? Fractional is a term that means you're getting a fraction of somebody, but leadership means that somebody has a role in an organization, just as if they were full time. You know, business has an org chart or an organizational chart. A uh, 
accountability chart, whatever they call it. There's roles on it, you know, full, you know, full roles that are responsible for different parts of the business. And uh, when someone's a fractional executive as opposed to a consultant or an advisor, that means that they're they're sitting in a seat on the organizational chart of that business. They're just fulfilling that role on a fractional rather than a full-time basis. Yeah. So if you're if it's your COO, just like a COO is full-time as a COO, they're on the org chart, they're the COO of the business. They're not just doing one project, they're not just giving advice, they're accountable for the execution of the business as well as the strategy. And they're just doing that on a fractional as opposed to a full-time basis. Same thing for a CMO. Your CMO is your is your CMO. They're not just doing one marketing project. They're not just doing your website. There's no specific scope of work like there is in consulting. There's marketing. You're responsible for the marketing of the business, the strategy and the execution of marketing. Same thing for a technology, you know, fractional leader or finance or sales uh, or any, any of the others that are a little bit less common, like HR or something like that. Yeah, so, so you explain to me i think it may, it may have been before the before we start actually that in the in the uk it's often called a portfolio manager um so th these are people who who work for a number of clients on a fractional basis typically yeah, exactly yeah they call it from what i understand the uk yeah it's called a fract it's called a portfolio executive so they're an executive they're coo cfo whatever they are and they just have a portfolio of clients so i think that's where the terminology comes from and so I may be a CFO at four different companies. And so, you know, I'm CFO, but I'm just doing so at four different companies instead of full-time at just one. And, uh, you know, why does such a thing exist? I mean, you know, people sometimes ask, why would you want to hire a fractional CFO or a fractional COO if you could hire a full-time CFO or a full-time COO, et cetera? And basically it comes down to, it. I mean, if you can, all things being equal, if you can, you know, if you need and can get that caliber of person full-time, then go ahead, definitely do that. But the reality is that in a lot of situations, especially not, not at gigantic businesses, uh, it's not a question of having a fractional CFO versus a full-time CFO. It's a question of having no CFO yeah. versus a fractional <laughs> CFO. Yeah. You know, maybe having a controller, maybe having a bookkeeper, but not really having any strategic financial leadership. And so by having a fractional executive, it allows companies that are much smaller than they would otherwise have to be to access an experienced, seasoned CFO or COO, CMO, et cetera. And so you can just get access to having someone on your leadership team, on your org chart, as taking responsibility for some key part of your business that's critical for you. You don't have to wait till you can afford a two hundred and fifty or $300,000 person plus bonus and benefits uh, at the end of the year. You can have someone of that caliber you know, on a portfolio executive or a fractional executive who's taking on that role, same caliber person, but just doing it fractionally and still getting, you know, most of the benefit of that person. Because a smaller business probably doesn't need that person on a full-time basis anyway. Uh, you have other people in-house who could do the execution. You know, again, using that CFO example, you might have a bookkeeper, a couple of bookkeepers, a controller, maybe you have an AR person, an AP person, and then you have a fractional CFO uh, that is able to, you know, that's done this many times before, decades of experience, uh, leading that team and just doing so on a fractional basis. And you can never afford, you never be able to afford or maybe don't, or don't need somebody of that caliber full-time. Because that's, that's also the, I guess, a, a challenge is if the, if the opportunity isn't, the scope isn't big enough for somebody of the caliber that you're talking about, they're going to get bored. 
uh, and and uh, and actually be paying them for time that's not required. So actually, yeah. it's kind of a win-win because it actually, it, you know, I, I'm I particularly I enjoy working for a number of clients, another number of companies, and it's I have like my sort of portfolio, and that keeps my life interesting, you know. Um, yeah. So I guess it's, it works both way for both the fractional um, oh, yeah. CMO. There's a lot of reasons why people prefer to do that, especially as you get later in the career. A lot of reasons why people prefer to do fractional and would never go back to full time again. Mm. Mm. So, so uh, your role as an organization then is that to source these people for companies? Do you is that how, how, yeah, so how, as a fractional how, COO firm? My, my company is called Wolf's Edge Integrators. Integrators, like another word for COO, are you know people who lead the leadership team, drive execution of the business. So Wolf's Edge Integrators, and yeah, we're you know I wouldn't even say sourcing. It's not like we're about referrals. We're a team. You know, it's you know I guess what I love or like my personal passion besides the impact on clients and you know businesses and their teams' lives is you know, is, is building a team where we feel like we're, we're building this thing. We'll have said integrators together. And so, you know, everybody's got such a diverse, different set of experiences and uh, everybody's got a diverse, different set of experiences and we, like meet together every week, share client challenges, sticky client issues. It's like, Oh, I've dealt with that. Here's what I tried or, Oh, you need a vendor for this. And we're always like helping each other. Right. And, uh, and putting together sort of a brain trust that any of our clients are really getting benefit of, of the whole team. So that's what we are as a team of people. Yes, we, we, we do marketing, we do sales, we do business development, help provide work to uh, people. And uh, they, they're, you know, they work with our clients, they help each other. It's a great uh, symbiosis. Yeah. So, so are, are all of these people um, self-employed as such or, do you employ some of them within your company and then hire them out well, to clients? How does that interesting? It's actually interesting. We're currently having an independent contractor model, but we're in the process now of, of transitioning over to a partnership model. Because, uh, you know, again, it's important to me that I'm not just like outsourcing this to our clients, like that we're like we're bringing people on. They're permanent members of the team. They're uh, they're partners in the business. They have you know that they're they're building this together, uh, and that they're that caliber of people who deserve to be partners. Yeah, uh, in the business and have skin in the game. So that's actually we're actually in the process of transitioning over to that. That's great, and, I, and then some of those people will, I, I guess, if they feel if they feel that um, engagement with you, they will help. Uh, you to evolve the business too, because they'll enjoy doing that and get pleasure out of it. I imagine. Yeah, yeah. People will. You know, it's 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 a great satisfaction from building clients' businesses. You know, working with business owners, making things better, making things better for that for the business owner for their lives, making things more self managing, making their team members' lives better, less stressful, less anxiety. But you know, and, and so we appreciate that and get a lot of pleasure from that. But the end, at some point, we pass the baton to an internal COO or integrator. You know, we help elevate somebody in the business to take over that role or help them hire someone to take over that role and then transition over to them. So at some point, there's an ending usually. Yeah. And that's the goal by design. Um, so we build these businesses at tremendous value, double the size. But the ultimate is not our business. But, you know, but as you say, the uh, that people are – are building up the Wolf's Edge Integrators business. And so they can get that satisfaction of not only building a business, but having building, 
which they do with all their clients, but also building a business that they have a stake in, that they're, that they're also part of. And so, yeah, that's definitely an important thing to me. Excellent. Well, we're going to go to commercial break now. And after, after the break, we're going to find out more about, you know, what, what, what do you expect from these people? How might you uh, best as a, a client find them, work with them? Um, and, you know, it'd be great to hear some case studies and examples from you, Ben, as to, you know, in these different the different areas of operation and finance and marketing and sales and, you know, how, how um, bringing in somebody on a fractional basis, you know, the contribution that they, that, that they make. Um, the return on investment they generate and um, uh, the value that they they bring to the business and the people within it. So we're you know, looking after that after the uh, for that after the break. Um, but do join us again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out SayItSkillfully.com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris, Chris Cooper. I'm uh, with uh, Ben Wolf, and uh, we're talking about about fractional um, CEO, um, bringing people in on a uh, or fractional um, leadership, bringing people in, leaders in to lead areas of your business, but not on a full-time basis, on a, you know, maybe it's a a day a week. We'll, we'll chat about frequency in a minute. It might be, um, it might be even less than that, but on a, on a basis where uh, there isn't potentially the, the revenue to pay or the, or the workload, um, but actually having somebody of real talent and caliber really take your business 
a long way having a team of people um, like that within your within your business. So Ben, we we're just having a little ch- uh, chat in the break. I was I was asking about your your hobbies and interests, and uh, and you were telling me a little bit that it's about Comic Con. And so go on, t- tell us more. I, I did actually turn up at a Comic Con event by mistake once, and and I was really I was really quite surprised what I saw. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So t- tell us a bit more. Uh, well, it, I mean, for a number of years now, it's been it's been like one of the few things. You know, we've got our oldest kid is twenty four, our youngest is uh, sixteen, and there's not that many things. You know, that like the parents, the kids, that that the age range that like everybody could be interested in. And so, this is the thing that we found that like everybody everybody could be interested in. Uh, you know, so we we you know, we go do sort of elaborate uh, costumes and makeup. Uh, depending on the on the costume, I mean, my uh, my my wife learned how to do uh, was it bald caps and you know skull makeup, and so I one time she had me as Walter White from the show Breaking Bad, so I just had oh yeah, <laughs> sort of like yeah. goatee and the the whole costume <laughs> and bald head, and hat, uh, pork pie hat or whatever it is, and. Other times, let me see. Last Comic Con, I think we did. Uh, um, we did. Uh, what did I do? Two Face, I think it was from uh, from the DC. The you know uh, one of, one of the villains on the on the on the DC comics, like again, yeah. you know, versus Batman or whatever. Uh, Two Face is one of the Batman villains. So my wife, you know, so we just had, you know, just my wife. He like has like half his face like burnt and you know purple and i don't know whatever and and scarred and so she my wife just did this whole makeup thing we did we did like a zombie couple where like i was at work and i was like zombie with like ripping flesh hanging off and gray flesh and you know but like wearing a suit that's like you know and my wife was like wearing like a bathrobe and curlers also as a zombie with like flesh coming off and I'm going to go on and on with some of these, but uh, it's fun. It's fun. You meet people, watch, see everybody else's fun costumes, take pictures. It's just fun. It it, it sounds like a really good laugh. I, I was just listening to you there, and I used to be, you know, we get invited over here. We have quite a few fancy dresses, and you know, people will invite, and you, you there's just maybe a theme, and um, uh, and, and, and perhaps, perhaps, yeah, I have to be honest, my, my heart used to slightly sink and it used to be a little bit of, oh God, we've got that fancy dress next week. And then in the in sort of October, November, a friend of mine, Neil Lawton, who's been, who's an adventurer, has been on this show. He had a, a 60th party and it was, um, it was um, 60s gear. And, and I thought, but why don't we actually make a real effort this time? So I'm going to show you a picture now. You, you No one else can see it, but that's my wife and I. Um, oh wow! <laughs> I got Where's I got long hair. People were kind of trying to work out the whole evening whether the hair was actually real. And uh, um, but we had an absolute blast because we've really gone to town with all the different elements of our yeah. costume and uh, our hippie gears. And wife had hair extensions and things, and it, we we just had a great time. So I, uh, I was I, being I, a child. Yeah, you know, just have fun. Don't you don't be so reserved all the time. I'm very reserved yeah. and professional most of the time. Yeah. But... <laughs> No, it's just fun. That's it. It's not a fun thing you can do with the, with your family as well. Nothing. Yeah, no, it's good times. Brilliant. So I suppose we better get move on from uh, <laughs> from uh, dressing up to helping out um, clients with with fractional leaders. Tell us what um, 
you know, what might somebody expect from hiring a fractional leader and where would they typically find them? Well, what people can expect, well, starting with maybe finding them, I think, you know, before you even look for, you know, if, if you think like, you know, you have to know what kind of fractional leader you might need, right? Why would you even bring on somebody? Usually people are struggling in some area of the business. I mean, if the struggle is in a specific area of the business, like marketing, sales, finance, technology, operations, then you, you know, and, and you realize we just don't have the experience on the team. Like, I don't have the experience. None of my other team members have the experience to really know what to do without doing a lot of experimentation, without yeah. just experimenting and trying and, you know, having something take, you know, five years longer than maybe it has to take because you're reinventing the wheel. So find somebody that has already built businesses. They've already built a market. They've already built marketing. They've already built sales. They've already built operations, whatever it is. Bring someone on like that. But you got to first get clear on what you need. I mean, if your biggest hole, if your biggest problem is in the area of marketing or, you know, then maybe you need a CMO. If your biggest area is sales, maybe you see, uh, you know, see CSO or chief sales officer. Maybe if it's both, maybe you need a CRO, you know, sort of chief revenue officer who knows how to lead both marketing and sales uh, or a CFO, CTO, CIO, CISO, you know, chief information and security officer, whatever it happens to be, but like, look at where your biggest gap is and get clear. And then the next thing I would say before even starting to look is, what does solved look like? I mean, where is it like, you know, if, if I was sitting here, ask yourself, if I'm sitting here 18 months from now and I hired a great CMO or a great COO and, um, and I'm feeling like, oh, this was, this was a slam dunk. This was a home run. This was an extremely successful engagement. Like what will have happened over the last 18 months that would mm -hmm. make you say that? So what is what what is the you know start with the end in mind like what what where do I want to get to be clear about that I would say before you start looking at people because it's going to make a big difference in terms of who you pick you know yes. and how you find somebody um, I mean the easiest thing I mean there's a lot of firms out there there's a lot of referral platforms out there uh, you know obviously people can go to wolfsedgeintegrators.com use the contact us form and ask for a recommendation if you have a specific tight, you know, you need a CFO and you're this type of business or like, whatever, I'll try to make a recommendation because I know a lot of people in this space. One thing you could do. Uh, the other big thing is Google, you know, <laughs> like cause there's going to be, there's tons of people who are marketing themselves to do this sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, whether it's firms, solo practitioners, there's a, there's a wide variety of, uh, of people and firms in this space. Uh, and then, you know, meet lots of people, start, again, starting with that end in mind and uh, ask who, you know, who has experience, who's done this kind of thing before, contact references before you close the deal. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's, there's, there's no shortcut. Uh, I mean, well, I'm, look, I feel like with our firm, that's a, you know, shortcut because I know us and, you know, we'll take care of you. We'll make sure to, you know, introduce you to the correct team member and share our process. Uh, but that's, you know, you're going to have to do that with uh, anybody, whether it's a firm or solo practitioner, it's like interviewing, it's like interviewing a COO. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it's uh, it's a similar type of thing. There's less trauma. I would say, you know, if it doesn't work out, like it's not usually not meant to be permanent. So, you know, if you hire the CFO and then you have to fire them three months later, six months later, it's going to be a lot of trauma in the organization or a COO or something like that. It's going to be a lot of organizational angst that's going to be yes. created by making a mistake. Uh, whereas on fractional, because it's a contractor, it's meant to be temporary from the beginning. It's uh, it's a lot easier to make faster action uh, and not 
I guess, get caught up in the analysis paralysis of making the right choice because the stakes ultimately are not quite the same as if you're hiring a full-time person if it doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah. So, so do you do, do you like um, if somebody has a need? Do you do do you, do you, are you like a search firm or do you have already have the network of people? Because because you'll have people who no, might. We're, we're not a firm. I guess I, I was just want to help out your audience. Like when I say to reach out to me, I just mean to help out your audience. I've got a good network of firms and solo practitioners that I know that I could refer. Uh, it's not a formal process. It's not part of our business plan. Uh, it's just trying to be helpful if if people need that. Um, but, uh, you know, all Wolf's Edge Integrators is, is, is a firm. All we do is COO. We don't do all the things. Like we just focus on the kinds of people who are best at, you know, who've owned and run businesses, decades of experience, and just need a COO. So, like, you know, call us if you need a COO. You need someone to lead your leadership team, set strategy for the whole business, and then drive execution on it, elevate your leadership team. Uh, you know, if you've been hitting the ceiling before now, uh, but if you need anything else, uh, you know, I would say, you know, or even if even if we're not the right fit, I'll, I'll introduce you to other COOs too. I mean, I know we have great relationships with people in this space. We talked about abundance mindset before. I believe that there's more than enough to go around. We want people to be talking to whoever's going to be the right fit for them. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I, I think that's critical. So we'll refer to other COOs or other kinds of CFOs, CMO, CRO, CTO, CIO, et cetera. Uh, you know, whatever's going to be the whatever's going to be the right referral. But I would say Google's your other best friend. So, so you, um, so you, I, I'm just envisaging here trying to understand your business model. You have a, you have a pool of CEOs, do you? You know that you can, you can tap into that. You have, a, we, have a, we have relationships with you, understood and stand them. You've vetted them. You've worked. Yeah, they're on our team. Uh, yeah. So it's public. like it's like if you go to a law firm, you don't have to find each individual lawyer at the law firm. Yeah. It's uh, it's a firm. Like they're they're a team of lawyers, so like they'll take care of who you know who exactly which lawyers and which, which breakdown. Like you don't have to worry about that part. They'll they'll take care of that. We'll make sure you use the right lawyer at the firm. So it's the same thing with us. We're a COO, a fractional COO firm. So if somebody if COO is what somebody needs, then we'll we'll take them to the process. We'll we'll match them to the right team. We'll put together a solution. Match them with the right team member. Excuse me. Uh, figure out the right solution for them. Once we understand what the current situation is, where they want to go, why it's important, what's working, what's not working, help put together a solution and uh, and match them, with it, match them with a team member who can lead them and their leadership team to fulfill their dreams. Maybe they want to grow. Maybe they want to open up new locations. Maybe they have an underperforming leadership team. Yeah. Maybe they're not, you know, they set goals, but they just don't know how to actually execute them. They just always get distracted by shiny objects or just fires and fire drills that keep coming up because there's so, there's so much chaos uh, and they're underwater with with chaos and putting out fires and keeping the day-to-day -day going. They can't make any substantive changes to make the business better tomorrow than it is today. Yeah. We, you know, we, 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 we walk them through that, put together a strategy, lead their leadership team, elevate the leadership team, replace members of the leadership team if necessary, uh, and, and you know, get them to a place where they can have a self-managing business and, 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 Having having free time, where you know, not not having, where the owner always feels like they have to be pulling all the levers. Like you know, if I would go away for a week, like things would stop happening. You know, like sales wouldn't get closed, execute. You know, ex client service wouldn't get executed properly. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of business owners feel that way. If they would step away, they can't take a vacation. They can't step away. If they stop pulling the levers. If they stop pulling and pushing, things just. Just things just slow down. 
And that's uh, that's not the way it should be. That's not a real business. So, you know, we've, we've built businesses before. So we, we help, them, help set them up with the right person so they can, again, elevate their own talent, focus yeah. on what their unique ability is. What do they love doing? What's their impact? What are the big relationships they want to build, the big sales they want to build? Uh, you know, help them focus on where their energy should be going, where they're uniquely qualified to go. Yeah. Uh, that, that's in, that's interesting that because you you find and in my experience kind of uh, for, for many years I've worked with leaders and teams and helped them develop their culture and I do done I think over a thousand profiling um, um, profiles of um, of leaders. Um, looking at where they're where they're uniquely good and where they're where they're not, and you know you find very few people who are, have a real blend and uh, and naturally in their flow doing everything. Whether you know the the, the vision, the leading of people, the marketing, the the operation, finance. The, very few people uh, are, and if they are, uh, they 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 they're quite good at everything rather than brilliant at everything. So so we've all got areas that where we need other people, and uh, I, I I envisage with what you're doing is you're bringing in people that make the business more whole because uh, you're filling in where the, maybe the, the leadership has got a gap, um, hasn't got, hasn't got flow, which is stopping the flow of the business working. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes there's an actual gap, nobody doing something on a leadership team. We need to put in somebody yeah. for marketing for the first time, maybe, Yeah, you know, or, you know, or elevate somebody, replace somebody, but yeah, figure out where the gaps are. Where's the bottlenecks between departments very often where the owner's the bottleneck and he's keeping himself or herself into everything and where that's holding people back and how, how to, again, how to elevate people, how to, how to trust people, how to make sure you have the right people because you can't trust people and hand over to them. It's not only about letting go. If you can't have the right people to let go too, you can't let go because it's going to, it is going to fall apart. So, you know, keep keeping all of that stuff in mind to chart a path towards, you know, whatever the business dreams are. How, how do you, where you have clients who are struggling to let go, how do you encourage them to let go of the reins and allow others in? Because often, you know, generally, I think the an organisation and its performance is linked to the the quality of the thinking of the leadership team and the and the leader over the last few few years. Um, and if the business isn't doing well, it's 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 often not the market; it's the it's the thinking and behaviour of the leaders. Um, so how, how do you how do you encourage people to to let go of those reins and um, and, and be prepared to be more passive in certain areas and change their behavior? Yeah, I, you know, we, we we take a systematic approach to that. I mean, you first of all have to determine what's the right structure for the business. What's the right organizational chart or accountability chart? Who's accountable for what? What are the different functional areas of the business? Who's accountable for what? What are the different levels? You have to be clear about that because till you have clear roles for everybody, sometimes, again, people are just there pitching in and they're doing this and they're doing that and there's no clear roles for anybody. And so there's just always constant management and tweaking because there's no structure. Yeah. And so if first step is to create what's the right structure, who exactly is doing what, what are the different roles, what are they accountable for, where's the line between who's accountable for what. And then once you determine that, you've got to determine, for example, what the core values of the business are. Yeah. And that's critical, right? What are the what are the core behaviors? Is it customer obsession? Is it, you know, is it uh, attention to detail? Is it like beast mode, uh, work style? It's like whatever the cultural norms are, 
that are going to make the difference between who's going to be successful and who's not going to be successful, who's going to fit into the culture, who's not going to be fit in the culture. We have to clearly define what that is so we can test for it. And we could say, okay, this person has this quality, but not that quality, or they're kind of mixed on this third quality. So identify clearly what the core values are. Identify clearly what the structure of the organization is. And then uh, once you have all of that, now you have the tools together to do an accurate and not gut feeling analysis of each person in the organization to see, are they the right person? Are they sitting in the right seat? Do we need to move them to a different seat? And, uh, you know, once you do all of that, we'll give people processes that they could follow, ensure that there's measurables keyed into those processes. I mean, certain basic things, obviously that, that, that we, that we bring into every, every client, every business. And, uh, and then, uh, if the person to whom the leader is not letting go or the owner is not letting go is not a good core values fit, maybe they're not obsessed with cult with with customer success or whatever, like whatever reason they're not a good culture fit, they're not a good core values fit, or they don't know how to excel at the particular job that they have on the accountability chart, then you then you can't let go to them. They're not because they're not the right person. The, the step before the owner letting go is getting the right person into that seat or elevating them and coaching them to where they can be good at their seat. Yeah. Uh, but then again, once it's a core values fit, once it's the right person, then you can let go. And if they're still not letting go, I mean, then it's, then it's the, then it's the owner's problem. Like, you know, you've got to like, and we've had clients like that where we're just, you know, we could lead a horse to water. We'll set things up. We'll make it safe to let go, make it appropriate. People still can't do it. I mean, we'll end the engagement because, like, if we can't, I mean, if you're not willing to take the step, like, we can encourage you, we could set the stage, we can set up the environment that is conducive to you letting go and not being the bottleneck and not holding yourself back and not holding the business back by not focusing your energy on where it really should be, but getting in the weeds of everything. Uh, but if you're not willing to do that, then there's really nothing we can do to help anymore. And at that point, you know, we, we step out, try to test for that before an engagement starts, make sure people like, People want to let go. They, you know, make sure we have a clear idea of where they want to go and do they really want it. Uh, can't always tell in advance. I mean, you know, usually can tell in advance, but uh, we want to make sure that we're. That's one of the things that we're looking for in a client. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's. Uh, it, yeah. It's it just. It, it's. Um. It's fascinating, isn't it? Working with those people, but I'm sure you know, in many instances people do. If you if you work with them in the right way, they open up and, and the light starts to, they start to realize what's themselves, but maybe, maybe they, or, or people they trusted in certain roles aren't actually in their flow doing them. I had, I had an example when I, I worked with a senior guy in a, a large insurance group and he was going to leave because he wanted a job, which was responsible for strategy and the company didn't really want to give him so my, my brief as a coach was to at the time was to uh to try and they wanted to keep him because he was a good guy um but he was going to go but he didn't they didn't think he was suitable for the job in question and we did some work together and we did uh, in this particular example we did a diagnostic and uh, it showed that about six percent of his energy was in strategy and and uh, the majority of his energy was in people uh, but in operations uh, and when he when he he realised that in a non threatening way, it became very clear to him that he was going to hate the job that he really was <laughs> still doing. Right. So we then went to the company and and created a job that that matched his skill sets 
and they accepted that and everybody was happy. Um, yeah. So it was it was averted. I just realized we've got four minutes to close. Um, yeah. well, so, just, can I just share one other story? Yeah, please do. You know, one is we've got one member of our team, Tom Hoover, who ha- had one client. I think he just ended after two years, like elevated to a new integrator, new COO when he left. But when he, he came into that team, and this because you talk about elevating people, that people can grow very often and they can grow into their seat. And he had a team where they had their rocks, as they called it, or quarterly goals. They were achieving about 10% of them before he started with them. And uh, really, really dismal. And uh, again, he worked with the leadership team. And by the end, after the first one or two quarters, every single member of that leadership team was able to stay. Like they were able to grow into that role. And they had 90% completion rate on their rocks after that point. They they needed coaching. They needed to talk to somebody, to learn from somebody who's done this before, who knows what an knows what a great executive looks like, knows what a great time management looks like, knows how to like create strategy, create a plan, and then execute it and show them how to do it. I was able to elevate that leadership team. They were all able to stay. And then ultimately, they were able to elevate one of the members of the team to become and take over that integrated role after two years when, when Tom left, when our guy left. So, I mean, I think that it definitely is possible. And, and we can very often help people grow. We don't have to necessarily get rid of people. <laughs> yeah. Although sometimes you do. Sometimes you do something, yeah. Um, so, what would you say are the main, um, you know, what's what's the main takeaway from people who are going to buy buy and read your your book on fractional leadership? Um, do you think what what's the key message that you want to leave us with? The main key message is this concept that Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach talks about, which is who, not how. It's one of the books I have behind me. I've read it multiple times. It, it right. You, you get so caught up when you think, oh, I want to achieve this. I want to do this. How do I do this? How do I do that? And then you're you're just going so far beyond your skill set, your unique ability, your gift to the world, to your business. That no, just ask yourself, who can I bring in that they'll figure out what the yeah. right strategy is and how to execute it. And uh, so bring in the right who, you know, again, there's fractional executives of every category who've done this before, they know what to do. They don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to relearn the entire finance to, you know, to, to become your CFO. No, you can bring in a CFO. It doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg, $300,000 plus bonus and benefits. You can bring someone in like that. You could find the right who so that they could figure out how and you could focus on what you love doing and are great at. Fantastic. Well, we have to leave you on that note. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed, really enjoyed talking to you today. And uh, for more information, you can go to wolfsedgeintegrators.com. That's wolfsedgeintegrators.com. Uh, find out all about um, about um, fractional leadership and uh, and how um, h- how you can be helped by Ben and his team. Uh, on next week's show, we've got Henry Katina Mason. It can be a really fascinating uh, conversation. We're going to talk about the future normal and uh, and what uh, Henry looks into the future. Uh, he um, identifies emerging trends. So you know what's going to happen with AI and robots. You know how how are people going to age gracefully in the future he's he's um really insightful in the questions that uh, he's asked in his new book about um different aspects of, uh, of of the future and the future future trends so it'll be going to be really interesting next week with henry once again a big big thank you uh, to our guest today to ben wolf and uh, i hope you've enjoyed the show any questions comments feel free to connect with myself at chris at chriscooper.co.uk i'm sure if you can benefit from uh, ben you can find uh, details at wolf's take care everybody Have a great week uh, and go out there and make a 
Make a positive difference this week. Take care. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.